1: Farmers' markets are brimming with hard-working food producers who devote a lot of time, passion and sheer hard work to filling their baskets, chillers and tables every week at stalls around Aotearoa. So how do they bring Kai directly to you from the farm paddock? Well, not without a lot of challenges along the way. We're heading to the Waimata Valley near Gisborne on a drizzly day in May. Lee Askew is on a muddy farm track, moving a herd of young Red Devons, beef cattle, which Lee rears for her artisan meat brand, Shemshi Red Devon Beef.
0: We have got last year's calves here who have been weaned now for uh, a couple of months. And uh, we're still in the training process, but we're getting there. They're, um, they're coming to call most of the time. There's a few leaders in the group which are helping. What do you need to train them for? Um, just to be able to move them around easily by, by calling them. I, I do have uh, Sammy, my retired farm dog, uh, but I do prefer to, um, especially with the young ones, just to be able to move them without the dog. Yeah, as long as they get into the routine that they know when I turn up in the Kubota and that right, we're moving, we're moving to, to, to new grass, it seems to work. How I got into farming to start with was, was not um, normal, the normal route, I suppose, because I was born in St Albans, which is 20 minutes north of London. But I always, like, got out of the city and started riding, so I went out in the countryside from about seven years old onwards and just drawn to, to the countryside as opposed to the city life. My auntie Joy actually said, she said, you were born with wellies on, obviously gumboots over here. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but it was agriculture, um, which to start with would be to get to agricultural college. Did an HND, Higher National Diploma in Agriculture. Had a year break and came out to New Zealand. And I was milking dairy cows in Matamata and then up in Dargaville. New Zealand just became... It was just part of me, I suppose. Um, I came back and um, after the year... Did a diploma in farm management, but um, my my dad, he always knew. He said, "I knew you would end up in New Zealand." Come
1: on. Lee worked as a dairy consultant in the UK before her life took a different turn.
0: Mm. Come on, Willy Wonka! I took the strange uh, plunge into joining the police force in Devon and Cornwall, and I was police officer in the UK for ten years, five years as, as a detective. New Zealand police were recruiting. UK officers. I thought, wow, I've just got to go for this, This it's, it's fate. And that was in 2007 when we emigrated out here.
1: Lee and her late husband Brian bought a few hectares and Red Devon cattle seemed the easy choice.
0: I didn't want to go the traditional Angus route, I wanted something different. Uh, the Red Devons are very good foragers amazing temperament and the whole point of it i suppose is they do produce beautiful beef as
1: well to eat you can find lee's meat at the gisborne farmer's market she deals with the whole cuts of beef at her home kitchen after it's been butchered in hamilton oh what have we got here there's this huge slab
0: of rolled rib this um is this primal uh cut This will be destined for the um, slow cook tomorrow Uh, and uh, that will be served up as rib roast burgers, slow cooked pulled rib roast burgers on Saturday morning at the Gisborne Farmers Market and then um, the uh, Shemshi delicious statements burgers which are a real favourite for for, um, my regulars Um, and a breakfast burger which is sausage, egg, free range egg from the market um, onions and cheese So the, the
1: market is a huge day for you Yes it's. How much time does it take to prepare for, for it and it's a weekly thing isn't it It is um, It's probably throughout
0: the whole week different things obviously whether it's cleaning up from the Saturday um, making sure you put your bun order in on time because that's absolutely crucial as you get nearer to the Saturday there's, also, there's burger pressing that needs to be done Um, And then Friday is town day to pick up the buns, onions if I need to, obviously do the slow cook um, and load the trailer. Uh, And obviously Saturday morning it's
1: up and go and we start selling at 9.30. Every two months, Lee takes two of her precious beef cattle for slaughtering and they're carefully handled from woe to go. So I take my beef in my own
0: stock trailer, over to the holy cow in Cambridge. The the holy cow has a micro abattoir and and their philosophy is the same as mine and that is to reduce the stress on the animals as much as possible. So that starts actually with two, three weeks before I even take the animals away. Um, I'll have those two on their own in the paddock um, and I'll be feeding them a mix of... um, uh, usually soaked oats with molasses just as like a, a lolly um, and they get obviously used to me coming with the buckets of food for them and the, 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 the reason that I'm feeding them the molasses in particular is it's obviously it's a high energy product and that lifts their blood sugar levels because in times of stress when adrenaline is high the, um, the glycogen within the muscles gets depleted. And if you've got a lack of glycogen when an animal is slaughtered, there is an insufficient level of, uh, of lactic acid produced, which actually preserves the meat. So the low level of lactic acid causes the, the meat to be alkaline and that's where it gets slimy and, and it won't age properly. Um, so that's sort of a consequence of the stress, but obviously from a animal welfare point of view, I want my animals to be as unstressed as possible. I'm not normally a nanny driver, but I am when I've got my cattle in the back. Um, so they walk off and they have a drink and they um, settle down for the night. And then in, in the morning, Tom will just individually bring them round, process them. They're completely unaware of what's happened to the other one, and then the other one's brought round and the same happens. The consequence of that is that the beef is is completely different quality and flavour as well.
1: Back on the steep muddy track, we're following the cows to their next paddock. What do we do now? We go for it. Go for it. Yep, yeah, I'm not ready to go. go. I'll stand back in case we're yeah. get slayed <laughs> by the mud. We're just in the side by side and uh, some muddy tracks here, and you've been trying to rectify some of it yourself, haven't you?
0: Yes, yeah, so well, I'm a, a self-taught uh, cat owner. <laughs> yeah, so I've got my 11-ton digger, but um, it's, it takes me a lot longer to actually do the work that a professional could do. But I do—I enjoy it. Uh, and I'm learning all the time. So you're so. digging culverts and trying yep. to get direct that water away. Yeah, yeah. Re-clearing re, uh, out, obviously, the water tables. And um, and I've, I've got some more culverts that I need to put in as well. So uh, it's, it's, I, did, I thought I might only need a digger light like for a couple of years. But I, having had one and the, the, use, the, the different jobs it can do for you, I don't think I'll ever get rid of it. <laughs> Self-sufficiency has always been uh, a, a love of mine. Uh, from when I was a kid, again, I was drawn to the good life. I didn't This was the TV series, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I just loved the fact that they were living in suburb- suburbia, um, but turned their garden into the veg plot, they raised pigs, and that was, like, the first inspiration for me, I think. The number one challenge for me was... Um, when my darling bride was uh, not himself. That actually was dementia, early-onset dementia. Um, and we had just bought this place here. So we'd moved from five hectares to 66 hectares. We were living in a caravan, waiting for the house to be, to be built. And I was working full-time with the police, with the farm as well. Uh, and it was getting to the point where it wasn't safe to leave leave Brian in the caravan and come out on the farm, and it, it wasn't working bringing him with me on the farm either, because things would go wrong. Um, and so, I mean, that was a that was a pretty dark time. Off you go. Go on. go on. He was able to go to the local um, Ryman Kiridkana on a daily basis when I was working so I could take him into work, uh, take him there, and he thought he was working, which was great. Because uh, at the time, he, was, he wasn't he was even 60. And obviously, his dementia progressed to the point where he was full-time in Kiritakanua, and he passed away three years ago. I was always the, the lead with the agriculture, but he would be obviously on hand to give me a hand to help a cow if it was in trouble calving uh, or, or, like we're going to be doing, moving cattle around. Um, it was always my dream... It was a no brainer for me that I had to carry on. He would have wanted me to do that anyway.
1: <laughs> Hello, 145. We've got one of the beautiful yes. uh, Red Devon just coming up and really having a good look at us yes. sort of side by side. Yes. That's one of my little girls, pedigree girls. Yeah. Are you doing a breeding program as well?
0: That, yes, I do register the, um, uh, the, the pedigree girls. The boys because I'm a small farm and I don't have um that many paddocks I have to um obviously desex them their their steers for ease of management so there's only one boy Christoph on the farm at the moment one entire boy yeah and how is he to handle what's the temperament like I you have to actually remind yourself he is a bull um because they 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 are big animals um, but he has never even looked at me sideways. He's, he's a great boy. Yeah. And he's got 100% conception
1: rate, two years running. <laughs> Good on you for keeping going with this whole project. What do you see, if any, similarities between policing and farming? <laughs> <laughs> Are they ready? Oh, um, H- well. How has your policing variety. background
0: helped? I suppose variety would be a definite one because you don't you don't know one day to the next within working in the police, what's what's going to come along during the day, um, and you the same with with farming you don't know so you're not going to get bored in either either profession. <laughs> I guess you're good at solving problems too. Yes, that you have to be. Um, thinking outside the box for 10 and a half years out of 11 with with the New Zealand police I was working with the child protection team so I was a forensic interviewer with, with the team so I'm not quite sure how how that relates to the farming side of things coming home to the farm was really healthy after having a day which could be quite obviously upsetting and I was so busy as well that that definitely did help
1: Former police officer and detective-turned-farmer Lee Askew of Shemshi Red Devon Beef, moving her herd on a muddy track in the Waimata Valley near Gisborne. She's hoping to become even more self-sufficient after this year's cyclones, with more solar panels, a brand-new chiller and swish new generator. Lee has about 50 Red Devons, including one called Willy Wonka. They are, as their name suggests, a beautiful deep red.